Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz, each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast. What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of the Grizzlies Podcast. Happy All-Star break. Um, I'm your host, Evan Barnes. Uh, We are actually joined today by our commercial appeal columnist, Mark Giannato, our good brother, DeMichael Cole. Um, he posted some some sad news this week. He lost a member of his family, so we are sending him all of our love. Um, if you follow him on Twitter, please do the same. That's a good brother who obviously has been giving you great Grizzlies coverage all season long. So while he is with his family, we are going to hold it down here, me and Mark. Uh, it's weird, Mark, because usually – you're the one hosting when we do the uh, Memphis football podcast, so it's kind of fun to be in a different role this time. <laughs> yeah, a little role reversal, you know. Yeah, for sure. You're, so. you're versatile, Evan. That's that's that versatility showing off right there. Hey, hey, what can I do? You know, we we do Memphis football, we do trending, we help out with Grizzlies. It's all we can do, right? I'm the I'm the utility man on the field. <laughs> so um, let let's let's jump into some. Uh, let's quickly talk about the All Star game really quickly, Mark. I know um, basically. If you want to speak to a general sense, you wrote a great column about this. How great was it that Ja and Jaron both were able to participate in this weekend? Ja was obviously happy for Jaron to be there as much as he was there for the second time. With everything that went on with both of them playing in the game, Nike pushing Ja and the shoe, uh, the Ja ones, what, what do you think this means for just the franchise right now as we get ready for the second half of the season? Well, I think the whole thing, both the fact that both John Jaron got there um, and the fact that, you know, they were kind of like, especially Ja was, you know, a main attraction of all-star weekend, whether it was the night, you know, the Mount 12 ski, the, the, the pop-up shop with all his stuff made yeah. out of look like ice or snow, like a big ice sculpture yeah. um, or like just his media day, the attention he's gathering. And I think it's both in a, you know, a positive and negative way. I mean, I think, um, ultimately they are a main attraction in the NBA right now. I'm speaking of the Grizzlies. Um, everyone is interested in them, whether it's from a, the perspective of they're really excited about them or from the perspective of, you know, they want to knock them down a peg, so to speak, because they talk so much trash. Um, and I just think the whole thing kind of underscored that they are a main attraction in the NBA now. Um, John Morant is you know, a level of superstar that Memphis has never seen and, you know, is up there with the most uh, talked about players in the entire league at this point. Uh, And then, you know, it was nice to see Jaron recognized um, for what he's done in a limited amount of time, ultimately, because he missed the beginning of the season. Um, And I think just them two being there together after so much 
was, you know, ultimately heaped on them when they were drafted in the lottery or in the top five by Memphis. Like, you know, here we are four years into John Morant and five years into Jaron Jackson Jr. They're both in the all-star game. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's a, to me, it's a sign of like this partnership and these two guys who are really have really become kind of the face of the franchise. I know there's also Desmond Bain too, but, but Desmond Bain was the 30th pick. I think he's obviously turned out much better than anyone could have dreamed. Whereas Jaron and Ja, like this was expected of them and here they are delivering on it. Um, And uh, I don't see how it's anything but a good sign for the franchise, you know, beyond this year, you know, that both of them made it to the all-star game. Yeah. I, I just kept thinking about 2020, three years ago, you know, I was in Chicago at the Rising Stars game, you know, with John, Jaron, and Brandon Clark, and you just saw them there. And, you know, there was excitement about all three of them being there. We were all were thinking, okay, this is a good young core. Obviously, there's excitement about Jaws' rookie year and what Jaron could do in year two. And I think about that trip because now three years later, they both returned to All-Star game as All-Stars. I mean, it's, it's a great sign of how both of them have really at this point delivered on the promises that were placed on them, like you said. And I think it's really cool that you see them now kind of, you know, assuming that mantle of, you know, the faces of this team, whether it's Ja being obviously a a huge superstar beyond what we could have expected three years ago, or Jaron going from being this three-point shooting, rim-protecting unicorn to a defensive monster who has developed his post-game a little bit more. It's really fun just to see both of them now where they have come since this partnership began. And I do think this weekend was kind of a great high water moment for their tenure. And obviously there will be playoff moments, hopefully, and there'll be other things to celebrate. But right now I think it's, it's absolutely right. It's a moment to celebrate. And during the game, obviously you had the moment where John Jaron on different teams, Jaron's picking up job full court when he inbounded the ball, job blows by him, looks back at him with a smile and does a 360 dunk. Um, that was really fun because we we all were wondering if they were on different teams, was Ja going to challenge Jaron at the rim? Was Jaron going to challenge Ja? And it was just kind of a fun moment to show just, hey, the chemistry between these two is just so much fun to watch. And the sky's really the limit for them. So I thought it was a great moment to celebrate. And obviously more excitement for Ja's shoe, obviously, when it comes out in April with that Mount 12 ski pop up that was Really cool. I was jealous. I would have liked to see if someone could bring us some shoes from uh from that shop, obviously. But yeah, uh, you're you're gonna have to wait in line with the rest of Memphis, Evan. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. April, April can't get here soon enough. But before we get to April, we got the second, the post all-star break, because obviously we're past halfway of the season games-wise. But the post only twenty-five break, to go. Only twenty-five games. games to go. Yeah, we got twenty-five games. So it's it's the playoff stretch now. And so let's get right into it. Obviously, these the Grizzlies come back on – we're recording this on, on Monday. They come back Thursday at Philadelphia on TNT. Um, they go face Joel Embiid, uh, old friend D'Anthony Melton, James Harden, um, another nationally televised game. And you brought this up to me uh, earlier, but the Grizzlies' first 10 games coming back after uh, the All-Star break are a, are a brutal, tough stretch. That I think it's going to be yeah. really interesting to see. Um, what, let, just so we can get into it, at Philadelphia – hosting Denver, hosting the Lakers, at Houston, at Denver, at the Clippers, at the Lakers, against Golden State at home, the first home meeting the two will have this season, and against Dallas at home, and then at Dallas, who obviously just got Kyrie Irving. So those 10 games 
Or, and then, and then the, honestly, the 11th is the Heat, who have been playing yeah. well, too. Like, out of their first 11, essentially 10 of the games are going to be against teams that are either in the playoffs or are competing for the playoffs. You know, presumably, you know, the only team that's really not in the playoff mix is the Lakers. But presumably, they're going to have Anthony Davis and LeBron in those games. Like, they're going to be making a charge. So, it is, yeah, it is it is a daunting uh a daunting path and i think it's going to be a telling path uh for Mm -hmm. the grizzlies these first 11 like i think we're going to really get a sense over these next 11 games if you can just go like six and five honestly Mm -hmm. like i think you feel pretty good um but like they need to show that they can beat some of these elite teams um they haven't really done that lately um you know they 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 haven't they just haven't got you know they ultimately they when they kind of limped into the all-star break. I know they won two or three, but to, to close it out, but by and large, when they've gone up against uh, the elite Western conference teams, they have not had a ton of success, especially on the road. Um, so I'm going to be really interested to see how they do in this stretch. Cause then I think the last 10, 15 games, as we see in past seasons, it's kind of a crapshoot who's going to be available. You know, like teams start resting up for the playoffs, and I know there'll be some jockeying for position, but it's such a crapshoot of who's going to play the last 10 or 15 games of the year. And, you know, lucky for them, I mean, you look at their schedule towards the end of the year, you know, they've got three games against the Rockets coming up in total the last 25, mm-hmm. game against the Spurs, um, a game against the Magic, a game against the Bulls. There's some... There's some quote unquote easy ones mixed in there toward in yeah. the la- in the back half of this remaining schedule, but like you know ultimately they're they're going to make the playoffs. It's just a question of what seed they're going to be. Um, but I do think these next eleven are going to tell us whether they are actually legitimately ready to be a contender this year. Um, just how they navigate it. Like it's not to mean it's not to say they need to go eleven and zero or even nine and two. But I you know. I think I think if you're trying to convince me that this team is ready right now, you know, you want to see them go like six and five, something like that. Yeah. And we should point out also another team that's probably an easy game in that stretch is Houston, because obviously that team is, as as owner Tone Fertitta said, telling fans to pray for Wemby, uh, Victor Wembyan, the presumed number one pick. So they're already looking to the draft. Um, But, yeah, I agree. I, I think these games, especially with with six of those games on national television, this is a great chance for the Grizzlies to really kind of make some sort of statement to everyone because no matter how well you do, those games on national television are going to be your games that you have to, you know, there's going to make or break your reputation. Like Den- at Denver's on ESPN, uh, the Clippers and the Clippers are on ESPN, Lakers on TNT, obviously the Warriors on TNT, and then at Dallas on ESPN, besides the Sixers on TNT Thursday. Um, those are going to be the games, I think, where you if, you, if they come out and don't perform well, then a lot of people are going to be talking about, hey, we still have questions about them being true contenders no matter how well they finish. So I think given how they struggled getting to the All-Star break, I think it's going to be really important for them to make a statement. I think they have to come out against Philadelphia, whether, you know, as much as they struggle on the road, they're going to have to come out at Philadelphia, put forth a really strong effort. And I think they're going to have to, I don't want to say they're going to have to beat Denver and the Lakers, but I think they're going to have to at least win one of those two games to kind of give people at least like, okay, you know, you can take care of business against the Lakers who beat you on national television, you know, to face Denver, who is the number one seed, how you perform against them is going to be a good sign of, 
Is Denver really separating itself from the West like they are right now? Or can the Grizzlies somehow catch up to them? Um, that That's going to set an early tone. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to be important for the Grizzlies to show um, just how much of a contender they want people to think they are versus what they themselves think they are. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. And also, you mentioned the road record. Five of those games are on the road at Western Conference teams. And the Grizzlies have struggled against Western Conference teams this year. I believe right now they are 17 and 16, which is the worst. Well, no, that's the fewest amount of wins among teams that are in the top 10 in the West, along with the Golden State Warriors. So, again, showing yourselves against the West Coast is going to be very, very critical here. Um, but there are there is some good news to keep an eye on. Uh, Steven Adams, who has been out since January 23rd with a sprained knee, um, he could be returning soon. Um, Tuesday, again, as we record this Monday, Tuesday will be, I believe, four weeks since he was ruled out and he was given a three to five week window. Um, Mark, you've seen how the Grizzlies have kind of struggled without Steven Adams inside. How important is he going to be health wise? in bringing back some of the edge this team has been using, especially with rebounding and second chance points and really the whole offense kind of being out of sorts a bit. Well, and especially, I mean, the first two games Memphis plays, they're playing against Joel Embiid and Nicole Jokic. Um, So (laughs) um, right out the gate. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they, what, when they put out a new injury report, when they come back for practice here, I think it'll be like Wednesday, uh, when they practice again uh, after after the All-Star break. It'll be interesting to say, see how he's progressed, what they designate him at. I'm not necessarily expecting him back for those first two, but I would hope he's back soon. Um, and, you know, you've seen it. I mean, they, they keep talking about it, the players, about how much they miss him. And I don't know. I, my gut tells me they didn't realize how much they were going to miss him until he was gone. Um, not to say they didn't value him before, but I think in particular this season, the way he played before he got injured, um, I mean, I think they saw he 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 cleaned up a lot of the flaws that this team has. They get exacerbated when he's gone. Like, they're not a good shooting team. Well, they had the best offensive rebounder in the NBA to help kind of make you forget about that. And, you know, John Morant, you know, in those crunch time moments – you know, it's John. Morant, it's a little tougher for John Morant when he doesn't have, uh, you know, one of the best screeners in the NBA out there on the court. We've seen whether it's Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., Xavier Tillman, like those guys aren't that good at it. I mean, ultimately, and you've gone from literally maybe the best screener in the NBA to guys who aren't that good at it. Um, and so he does a lot of things around the margins that that help cover up some of the flaws of this roster. And so. They need him back. Now, the big question, you know, as we, you know, what will he look like? Will he be able to pick up where he left off? Um, you know, he's not a guy who relies on a ton of athleticism. So I think that's good, you know, considering it was a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, you know, it's very it's been very clear over the last few weeks without him that they need him uh, for better or worse, because, I, you know, I worry about him in crunch time of playoff games, um, both because. He can get played off the floor, as we saw in the Timberwolves series last year, and also because he has been—he's having a historically bad free throw shooting season. But <laughs> the reality is, we've seen it. The proof is there. They—they they need him. They need him badly. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at some numbers, I—I've been looking at some numbers during the season with him out, and I've just been stunned at 
how the Grizzlies absolutely miss Steven Adams. Like, if you want to look at this, with him, they're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league. Since he's been gone, they're 11th, which you might think is not a big drop, but that's huge when Adams is such a big presence. Total rebounds, they're a bottom 10 team in rebounding. Um, offensive rating without Steven Adams, they're a bottom five uh bottom five team in offensive rating without Steven Adams. I mean, it's it's incredible to see how somebody who you may look at and say, well, he just rebounds and he brings toughness, but he really brings a lot of you know important things to this offense. Like I think we looked up at um his net rating when he's on the court. Like he the 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 Grizzlies offensive numbers when he's on the court versus off the court, I think are the best on the team. So he brings a lot and you're going to need him, obviously, to finish the regular season now just because he does bring that element to the offense and everything you mentioned. Now, I do I, I, you know, I do wonder about his um, playoff availability with the, how the Grizzlies are going to use him. But still, the fact that he's able to kind of invigorate the offense or just by being on the court, you can find ways around that. But I think if the Grizzlies are going to be a team that can get to where they want to get to and hold on to that second seed – a healthy Steven Adams with the second half is going to be vital. And so we'll see how we'll see obviously when the um, injury report comes out Wednesday, if there's any update or obviously we go to practice, we'll hear what Taylor Jenkins has to say about that. Uh, speaking of which, Mark, we mentioned the Grizzlies being in the second seed in the West as we are right now. The Grizzlies, I believe are, oh, I had to stand. They're, they're, they're five back at Denver and uh, in who's in first. And then they're, I believe three ahead of Sacramento. Who's in yes. third. Yes, three ahead of Sacramento. So there's still a little bit of a cushion there ahead of the Kings. But um, what do you think, Mike? Do you think that the Grizzlies right now, is there any chance? I mean, there's a chance they might catch Denver, but do you think there's a realistic chance or should they try to, you know, avoid falling back into that that glut of the West with Sacramento, the Clippers, and everybody else behind them? Well, I mean, it's. I think it's going to be very hard at this point to catch Denver at number one. Um, you'd have to win. You do get Denver, what? Twice, twice twice more this year you have to win both those games and even then you're going to need some help um and then the the question becomes you know like ultimately i don't think it's going to be sacramento that catches them because sacramento's had a chance to catch them for months now and hasn't done it um phoenix is looming there phoenix seems to be you know especially now with kevin durant they seem mm -hmm. to be a threat um and that's why that 11 game stretch is so crucial to me and that if you can just hover around 500 during that stretch, I think you're going to keep the two seed ultimately because there's enough wins at the end of the schedule to be had. Um, it's if you go through another, you know, two and nine stretch, three and three and eight, four, you know, that type of deal. Uh -huh. um, that's where you're going to get caught potentially. Um, now, you know, the way you look at it now, you know, if they were if they were the two seed today. They'd play either New Orleans or Minnesota in the first round. I'd like mm -hmm. either of those matchups for them. If they were the three seed, they'd play Dallas. I don't like that matchup for them. Um, now, hovering in ninth, only a half game back in New Orleans and Minnesota is Golden State. Another matchup don't like for the Grizzlies, um, mm -hmm. even though it does feel like that's something they need to vanquish ultimately. You know, like they need to they need to get past Golden State just for mojo sick you know like it seems to be a you know they they it's golden state is a decent matchup in terms of playing style for the grizzlies but in terms of the mental side i do worry about it whereas like dallas i don't worry about the mental side i more worry about Kyrie and luca are going to slow that you know playoff series going to slow them you know slow the tempo down to a crawl 
and it, I don't like that for the Grizzlies. Um, but so I, I do think it. I, I don't know how important it is to keep that two seed, other than, um, you know, ultimately it's going to come down. To, I think with the Grizzlies, they're flawed enough, and frankly, everyone in the West is flawed enough. It feels like where it's going to be matchup dependent. Like you know, I'd like the Grizzlies in a series against the Kings. Um, you know, like those sorts of things. It's all about matchups. And so we'll see, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily important to be the two seed because that really depends on, well, who are the seven and eight seeds that you're going to have to face in the first round. Now, of course, you'll also get home court in the second round. So that's a plus of being the two seed, but we saw last year, it doesn't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting because we've, we've seen in the West that the road has been brutal for so many yeah. of these teams, like I think the Clippers right now, if I'm looking at it, they are the Clippers actually have a good road record. It's yeah, like 18, everyone else. Yeah, like, they're, like they're 18 and Denver's 500. Phoenix is 12 and 18. Dallas is 12 and 19. Memphis is 11 and 17. New Orleans is 10 and 19. Minnesota's 11 and 17. Golden State 7 and 22 on the road this year. I mean, most teams in the West have not been good on the road this year. Yeah, that's why I feel like we've been saying, like me and DeMichael have said a lot, like home court home court is going to matter in the sense of, at least for a preview, like, okay, you at least have the security of that. But the Grizzlies did lose game one in both for, in both playoff series last year. So it's going to be even more vital that if you get home court advantage, you better protect it in the playoffs because obviously you can get a little bit doozy if you go on the road. But yeah, I, I think to me, if you're the Grizzlies, the two seed matters for the sake of you do get those two series at home, but I don't think you want to fall too far down because if you obviously in a matchup situation, like you said, those teams at the bottom of the West or in the bottom of the, the play-in game, I don't think you want. And Dallas may not be the defensive monster they were last year, but obviously do you want to deal with Luka and Kyrie in seven games? Um, I don't know. So I think yeah. for the Grizzlies, like you said, they want to kind of hover around that two, three range. I don't know if Sacramento can catch them, but obviously if the Grizzlies have a swoon or Phoenix somehow makes a great push with healthy Booker, Kevin Durant, look out. Uh, I do think though, the Grizzlies, you don't want to fall beyond, you don't want to fall to the four. You want to be in that top three range. I think um, action sports, Matt Moore made this point on Twitter um, during the all-star game. I believe every NBA champion since 2000 has been a top three seed, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're looking at that, you want to be in that top three. Um, but again, it is going to be about match. It's going to be who can the Grizzlies handle in a seven-game series. And I think if you want to push for that, you take care of business getting to that point. Because otherwise, if you mess around and lose too many games, you'll be in that dogfight trying to avoid you know, where you want to get to position-wise. So It'll be interesting. I think that's why these 25 games are going to be fun. You know, it's, it's again, another year of meaningful basketball at FedEx Forum with the Grizzlies. People are going to be very interested. Obviously, the Grizzlies being a national story, they're going to get talked about a lot more, um, especially if Phoenix comes into play. It's probably going to be a little bit more fun to see how the conversation is around there. But it's going to be a fun well, second half. I can't wait to see it, to be honest well, with you. And, and the way I look at it in terms of the seating is – they need to play better basketball. Like that's the reality. They weren't playing good basketball going into the all-star break and them keeping the two seed is to me less important about they're the two seed and more about, well, if they keep the two seed, it means they've played pretty good basketball the last 25 games of the regular season. And that's what they need to get back to. They need to integrate Luke Kennard into things. 
They need to get Steven Adams back. And they, you know, they call it Grizzlies basketball. They need to get back to that. Like they weren't, they just, they were not, they were, they have not looked like a well-oiled machine in quite some time. And they need to get back to that. Uh, they need to figure, you know, we just went through going into the all-star break, kind of the biggest, really since jaw the beginning of Jaw's rookie year, the biggest yep. sort of hiccup they've gone through and how do they emerge from that? What lessons have they learned? What are they going to do in crunch time now that teams are defending jaw differently? What, um, you know, are they going, you know, what is Taylor Jenkins going to do with his rotations now, uh, now that he's hopefully soon going to have a full team again? Um, you know, like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things at play here. And in terms of the seating, to me, it's just more about, all right, are they going to be back to the team they were prior to Christmas? Because that's really what this stems from. I know they went on an 11-game yes. winning streak after that. But if you really look closely at that 11-game winning streak, they were beating up on bad teams, um, and by and large. They're a, and, and when they did play good teams like Cleveland, Cleveland was missing Donovan Mitchell. Um, and so – it feels like really, honestly, you can go back all the way to the Bucks game. That Bucks game was when, you know, that's when it felt like that was the high point this year when they just right. destroyed the Milwaukee Bucks. And they haven't been that team since then. They haven't really been close to that team since then. And they need to figure that out. Dylan Brooks needs to emerge from this slump and kind of figure out his place in this pecking order. Um, you know, Jaron's playing fantastic, but it feels like every big game he gets in foul trouble. And, you know, obviously that was a problem in the playoffs last year and even more so this year, like they are, you know, they really, really need him on the floor because he's been fantastic offensively. He's been fantastic defensively and much improved offensively. Um, you know, they need, you know, Bain has been good, but he has not, it feels like he's not quite the same as he was prior to suffering the toe injury. But, mm -hmm. you know, want to see him get more comfortable. Um, you know, they just need to find their groove again. That's what these 25 games are about to me. They, it felt like they lost their mojo a little bit there for a second. And it was encouraging enough going into the break, winning two or three, to make you think, okay, they needed a break. This, you know, and now they're gearing up for the sprint. But, you know, we'll know, we'll know real quick because they're going to play a bunch of good teams right out of the All-Star break. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you mentioned Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks, to me, he's got to be back to being a, a scoring threat. Like, his defense has been solid, but, you know, we, we saw what he did against Jason Tatum. I think if the Grizzlies are going to be back to what they are, he's got to be back to a scoring threat. He's got to shake his slump because if Bain is starting to find his groove, that's one thing. But you need Desmond Bain because, obviously, his shooting is what this team needs with 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 a lack of shooting besides him and Kennard. But Dylan Brooks has got to shake the slump. And you were hopeful that the last two games he was able to kind of find a little bit of a rhythm. Um, but I think he's going to be as key to where this team goes, along with, you know, how this bench looks. Because, honestly, I'm concerned about um, how this bench is going to be. Like, obviously, Santi Aldama has been, you know, great. Brandon Clark's been fine. Tyus Jones has been, you know, up and down a little bit. But, obviously, you want to see how this bench is going to hold up. Because, obviously, the guys are going to play more minutes down the stretch. But you need that bench to be able to just not just hold it down, but kind of carry the load a little bit when possible. So a lot to keep an eye on the second half of the season. As Mark said, 25 game sprint starting Thursday at Philadelphia. We'll have plenty of coverage at commercialappeal.com. Um, for Mark, I'm Evan. So Michael will be back soon enough. But again, keep me your thoughts, your prayers, and all your best wishes. 
and we will be back very soon. The Grizzlies Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.